0: And so today we have the privilege of um, having this series better kicked off by Craig Groeschel. Uh, Craig is the lead pastor at Life Church in uh, Oklahoma City area of Oklahoma. They have – I think they're at 20 campuses now. It is a large church. In fact, I believe it's now, by attendance in all their campuses, the largest church in America. And uh, Craig is a great communicator. Uh, they, they are also the founder of the YouVersion app. And so if you have the YouVersion Bible app on your cell phone or on your iPad, Life Church is the one that designed that, developed that, and they give it away for free. And so they're a very generous church. Um, they give away a lot of their material for free. But Craig Rochelle is a great communicator, and he's going to kick off uh, week one of our series called Better. Now – Here's what I want you to do. There's a tendency when there's a video to kind of maybe check out. Um, But it works best when you interact with the video just like you'd interact with me up on stage. And so if he asks you to raise your hand, raise your hand. If he asks you to clap or cheer or whatever, you do that. If he asks you to laugh, if he says something funny, it's okay to laugh. Nobody's going to laugh. Oh, you're laughing at a TV screen. You do it at home all the time. And so uh, we hope you'll do that. If you can't see a TV or a screen, you might get somewhere where you can. Um, But uh, I'm excited to kick off week one of our series called Better.
1: Let ask you a really important question. All of our different churches, if you guys could uh, reply. How many of you love a big, fat, juicy piece of steak? Raise your hand and cheer if you need to. I love red meat. If you're a vegetarian, more power to you. But just remember, whenever the prodigal son came home, uh, what did the father kill? He killed a fatted calf. Just saying. Just saying. Uh, For some reason, whenever uh, I was growing up, we always ordered our steak medium well, and so for 43 years of living, every time I get a steak, I'd order it medium well, until recently uh, when I was in Birmingham, Alabama, at Church of the Highlands with uh, Pastor Chris Hodges. He took me out. For a steak, and I ordered the eight ounce fillet. And he said, "How would you like it cooked?" I said, "Medium well." And he said, "Uh uh." What do you mean? Uh uh? He said, "Not in my town. You're not." I said, "What? What? What? Yes." He said, "Uh, "You're going to get your steak Pittsburgh style now." I'm from Oklahoma, I've never heard of Pittsburgh style, and he went on to say, look, if I'm buying, you're eating it Pittsburgh style. I said, Pittsburgh style, please, okay? And so, I've never had it this way before, but what they do is they sear... The outside of the steak, they turn the um, the fire up so high that it it kind of burns the outside, and it's it's almost crisp. And on the inside, though, it's medium rare uh, most times. And so, when my steak came out, they said, "Would you like to cut into it and see if it's the way you like?" I'm like, "I've never had it this way." I'm cutting into it. I'm kind of look. It's red on the inside. I've never seen that before. And there was like a little bit of blood coming out. And God is my witness. I swear, I heard that steak go move. I mean, it's like, there's, you know, is is it moving, you know? And Pastor Chris said, just take a bite. And so I cut into it and I took my very first bite of Pittsburgh style steak. And it was like God himself inhabited that dead. It was so good. It makes me want to dance right now in front of you, but I won't. And I mean, it was indescribably better. Could I get all of you to say better? better? How many of you want to have a better year this year than last? Raise your hands up all of our churches. Of course we do, right? You'd I mean, be crazy not to want to have a better year than last year. The tragic thing, though, is for so many people in our culture, uh, people are pursuing what we call the good life. Uh, we want nice things. Uh, we want comfort. We want convenience. We want fun. And there's nothing wrong with those things as long as God has all of your heart. But the tragedy is so many people are settling for the good life when God has something indescribably better for you. In fact, a key thought to drive us through this series, if you're taking notes, is this. You're going to have to let go of the good to grab hold of the better. You're going to have to let go of the good, stop settling for the good life, striving for the good life when God has something indescribably better. In other words, you're never going to get your stake Pittsburgh style if you keep settling for medium wealth. Today we're starting a brand new series called Better, and what we're going to do over the course of the next few weeks is we're going to look at different verses uh, that have the word better in them, and we're going to memorize these verses together. Uh, Next week we're going to talk about a verse, and let me just promise you, many of you, this message will shake you. And it will become a defining message in your life. We're going to look at the verse that says, "...better is one handful uh, with tranquility than two handfuls with toil, a chasing after the wind." Better is one handful. Unfortunately, we live in a world that drives us to two handfuls, and so many of us are overwhelmed, overworked, stressed out, burned out, no intimacy with our spouses, no intimacy with our kids, no intimacy with God. And we're going to learn that better is one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil. Also, at all of our life church campuses, our pastors will tell you about better uh, life groups. We're going to form, if you're not in a life group, we're going to form four-week better groups, just four weeks. uh, All of our campuses will have uh, events, and they'll tell you when. And we're going to get together with some people, and we're going to talk about God's Word, and we're going to learn to uh, better love and serve God and get to know some people better. So let's start with uh, our memory verse for this week. It comes from Psalms uh, 84, verse 10, but I'm going to start in verse 1 and 2 just to give you a little bit of context of this very powerful psalm. Uh, the psalmist is talking to God and says, How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord Almighty. Then I love this language. The psalmist says, My soul yearns, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. Now, if you're new to the Bible, you may say, what is this courts of the Lord? Why would your soul yearn for the courts of the Lord? Uh, Anytime you see that in the Old Testament, this is actually a uh, picture or representative uh, uh, represents the presence of God because God would dwell in the temple. And so the people would go into the courts to get as close to God's presence as they could. And he says, my soul yearns, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and flesh cry out for the living God. Then here's our memory verse. I'll read it, and then we'll say it together a few times. Uh, the psalmist says, better is one day in your court. In other words, better is one day in your presence than a thousand elsewhere. I'd rather be a doorkeeper. This is the lowest kind of spot. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. All right, everybody together. Let's say it. Better is One day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. Very good. Again, everybody. Better is one day, come on, in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. Okay, this time without looking at your notes. Everybody, let's do it. We can do it. Are you ready? Better is one day in your courts. Than a thousand elsewhere. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. Better is one day with God. Better is one day. Better is one day with God than any other kind of day anywhere else. Better is one day with God. The problem is, so many people simply don't believe this. They don't believe it. In fact, I didn't believe it for years. Before I was a Christian, I thought Christians were stupid. Why would you want to wake up early and go to some dead, boring church service? Why would you want to follow a bunch of rules? Why would you want to be miserable and legalistic and judgmental when you can be like me, fun party guy? And I just, that, was, that was fun. In fact, I mean, I had a good time sinning, okay? How many of you know that sin can be fun for a little while? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Don't be all churchy. Like, oh, no, sin's not fun. Sin's fun for a little while. Then it'll kick your butt. How many of you know what I'm talking about? It'll mess you up after a while. Sin is a lot like a sneeze, right? A sneeze feels good coming out, doesn't it? Feels good. Then there's snot everywhere and it is just not so good and, and so i didn't think better is a day with god i thought christians were stupid and some of you may feel that way and what i hope to do is by the power of the spirit through god's word convince you that better is one day with god than a thousand elsewhere you may say how or why is it better let me just tell you it's better because god's ways are higher than our ways. God's ways are better than our ways. Scripture says that His love is better than life. A day with God is better because with Christ you have the forgiveness of your sin. Your sins have been separated uh, in God's eyes as far as the east is from the west. He never holds them against you again. A day with God is better because you have the security of knowing you are in the family of God. A day with God is better because you have joy unspeakable. Your happiness is not based on the happenings of this world, but you have a joy based on who God is. A day with God is better because no matter what's going on in your life, you can have a supernatural peace that goes beyond what a non-Christian has the ability to even understand a day with God is better because you have his divine calling and purpose in your life. When you wake up in the morning, you know that my God knew me before I was ever even born. He knew me in my mother's womb. Uh, All the days for my life were ordained and written in His book before even one of them came to be. I have a unique calling and a unique purpose and a unique contribution to make in this life, and that makes my day better. I have his. Power. A day with God's power is better because if you're a Christian, you have the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives inside of you. You have access to the very throne room of God. A-, a day with God is better because you have his provision. You have everything you need to do everything that God wants you to do. Scripture says you have everything you need for life and godliness. Oh, thank you, somebody. If you want to get a little excited, now is a good time to do so because a day with God is is indescribably better it's better. It's better as one day with Him. Now, what I'm not saying, and I hope you hear me clearly, what I'm not saying is that you'll never have trials and never have a hard time and everything's going to be great. That's simply not true at all. In the middle of the storms, Jesus is your peace in the storm. In fact, I'd rather be in the boat in a storm with Jesus than on the shore without Him because a day with Him is better than a thousand elsewhere. A day with God is better. So that raises the question, if better is one day with God, how do we have a day with Him? How do we have a day with God? If you would have asked me this years ago, what I would have said is I would have said, okay, um, start your day off with Bible study and prayer, and then go do your day. And that wouldn't have been an entirely bad answer because if you're going to have a day with God, starting off with Bible study and prayer is really good. But the problem is, my understanding for years was that you kind of had time with God, your devotional time, your spiritual time, and then you had your normal time. And what I want to do is encourage you to what I believe is a more biblical day with God, if you're taking notes, rather than just having compartmentalized time with God, I want to encourage you to live with an ongoing, unending awareness of God's presence. To to live with an ongoing, unending awareness of God's presence presence, that you're going to recognize that all day long, all the time, you can be aware that God is with you, guiding you, comforting you, convicting you, speaking to you. You don't just have time with God, you can literally do life with God. Th- think of it this way, um, in the Old Testament, there is no Hebrew word translated as spiritual. Spiritual. Because to God, who is spirit, when he created everything in his image, everything is spiritual. If a disciple would have come up to Jesus and so Jesus, how is your spiritual life? Jesus would have gone, huh? Everything is spiritual. I'm here doing my father's business. Everything we're doing is spiritual. To call one thing as spiritual to say something else is not spiritual and to God, everything is spiritual. Think of it this way. In the Old Testament, God would dwell in the temple, and the people would desire to be in the temple courts. You'd have to go somewhere to be with God. In the New Testament, for those of you who are Christians, the Bible actually says that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Check that out. You don't have to go somewhere to be with God. God has come to be with you, to dwell inside of you, and because of that, you can literally have a day with God. Not just... Time with God, but a day with God. And here's what's amazing. If you can have a day, you can have a week. And if you can have a week, you can have a month. And if you can have a month, you can have a year. And if you can have a year, you can do life with an ongoing, unending awareness of God's presence. And suddenly what Paul said makes sense to us. Colossians 3.17. He said, and what? Everybody, come on, play with me. And, and whatever you do, whatever you do, You're driving to work. You're texting your mom. You're going to the grocery store. You're studying for your chemistry exam. You're practicing for football. Whatever you do, whether in word or in deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because it's spiritual. It's all spiritual. You can do it all with an unending awareness of God's presence. You literally can do life with God better is a day with God than a thousand elsewhere. Now, that raises the question, how do we go and just have a day with God? Because if you're like me, it's uh, you know you, maybe you've got good intentions, you're a Christian, I'm gonna spend time with God, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be aware of his presence, and then you turn on the TV and you forget for an hour, and you go to bed and you wake up, and life just starts happening. What I wanna do is I wanna give you uh, three habits to develop and, and let me just promise you, let me promise you, you incorporate these disciplines and these habits into your life, and you will find and discover what is better, better, an ongoing, unending relationship, acknowledging the presence of God, and you can literally do life with God. Let me, let me give you three habits. The first one, if you're taking notes, I want to really encourage you to develop the habit of constant communication with God. Constant communication with God. 1 Thessalonians five sixteen and 17 tells us to be joyful always. And how should we pray? All of our churches, we should do what? We should pray continually. Now, one of the versions says, uh, pray without ceasing. In other words, pray all the time. Now, I don't know about you, uh, but I'm kind of an ADD prayer guy. You know what I'm talking about? Now I can start praying, like, Dear God, and I love you and help so and so. And then I'm like, Oh my gosh, it's trash day tomorrow. i got to take the trash out. And you know what? Like, I, I, I can't pray five minutes straight sometimes. How in the world can I pray continually? That just seems um, impossible. I want to encourage you, and I believe with all my heart, you can develop the habit of a constant communication with God. And I'll explain it this way How many of you. Uh, carry one of these things with you most everywhere. Raise your hands, a little phone. How many of you carried into the bathroom? Carry in the bathroom. In the bathroom. Okay, there's help for that. It's called counseling. You can be set free. Okay, I carry mine in there too. So I, now, okay. Uh, uh, here's the thing. Because of this, uh, I am connected to the people that I love, and I communicate all day long. In short bursts of communication. Uh, for example, if you follow me on Twitter, I can, in 140 characters or less, tell you what I'm doing, and instantly, I've communicated with you. If you like my Facebook page, I can update my Facebook page, say whatever I want, and instantly, if you're online, I've communicated with you. Uh, all day long, I text, I mean, I don't know how many texts to my family, my close friends, my staff, all day long, I, we just text away, in fact... I've got two texts right now. Uh, One is from Pastor Stephen Furtick, praying for you, Pastor Craig. Thank you, Stephen. And one is from Amy. My wife texted me. You're preaching good. You look good. And I won't read the rest. Wow. Thank you. kind of embarrassed. (laughs) Thank you. You look good, huh? So anyway, so where was I? Uh, all, All day long, I have short bursts of communication, often 140 characters or less, with the people that I love. Think about this. Think about constant communication with God the same way. Doesn't have to be an hour of spiritual warfare prayer in the morning, which it certainly can be. It doesn't have to be just God bless this meal or the prayer at the end of the day. But think instead of short bursts of communication, ongoing, all the time, constantly and consistently throughout the entire day. 140 characters or less, you're driving to work wow, man, that is a kicking sunrise. God, you're showing off again. I worship you. You're listening to a worship song, and you just, oh, thank God that I get to be in your presence. Oh, thank you, God, I get this job that you've provided for me. Oh, my boss is being, na-na-na. God, give me the grace to deal with her today. Oh, man, God, that person looks like they're hurting. God, I pray that your spirit would work in that person's life. Oh, God, would you have me say something to that person today? Oh, God, I, I pray that you would lead me to be a blessing so and so's life, uh, God. I pray for uh, my son today as he's taking his exam. God, I pray that I'd be a good witness today as I go to softball practice. And what on and on, 140 characters or less. Constant, ongoing communication with God. And guess what? Suddenly, you're praying without ceasing. You're have an ongoing, unending awareness of the presence. Of God, and you're talking to Him about anything and everything, and guess what? You're having a day with God. Not compartmentalized time with God, but you're literally having a day with God. I want to encourage you, man, and throughout the week, just think of it, just like you send a text. Here's a text prayer to God over and over and over again. Constant communication with God. The second thing is I want to encourage you to develop the habit of instant obedience to God. Constant communication with God, instant obedience to God. Uh, Galatians 5:25 says, "Since we live by the Spirit, let us do what? Let us keep in step with the Spirit." Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Here's the deal. If you're constantly communicating with God, if you're constantly in His Word, in fact, let me just pause, um, all of our churches, how many of you are... Are, are doing a U version uh, or a Bible app reading plan. But you raise, you raise your hands. You're reading through. So, okay. Here, I'm telling you, every one of you should do this. You take a reading plan through the Bible app. Every year, the one I do through the Bible in a year, I've read through the Bible probably, I'm, I'm guessing, 17 times or so. And uh, I, it's right there in front of me every day. Here's the deal. When you're talking to God constantly, when you are in his word, guess what's going to happen? He's going to speak to you. I'm telling you. He will bring His Word to your memory, and He's going to speak to you. And as you get to know Him through His Word, by His Spirit, He's going to prompt you to do some things, and when He does, you just do it. Instantly, you obey Him. I'll give you a crazy example, um, and my, all my examples aren't this dramatic, but this one really was very meaningful to me. I was flying, I, I taught somewhere all day long, and I was exhausted. I was on a connecting flight in St. Louis. Uh, My flight was late. It was about nine o'clock in the evening, and we were hoping to get home. I had my head down. I looked up, and there was this girl sitting across from me, and she gave me this look. She's like, and I call that the, you're my pastor look. And and that happens sometimes. And and she came up, and she said, you're my pastor. And I said, you know, to myself, let's give her your best, even though you're tired. And so we talked for a few minutes. And then I kind of politely said, it's great talking with you. Um, do you mind if I read this book? And I put my head down and the moment I did, I felt like the spirit of God stopped me. And as if God were saying there was more that I wanted to do with this. And so I just said, okay, I don't care. I'm tired. I said, excuse me. Um, I feel like you were wanting to say more. And if you want to say more, I'm happy to listen. And at that moment, she just broke down. I mean, tears just, like the dam broke, and the, and the tears just came. And she just confessed right there. She said, I love my husband. Last night I was at a business meeting on a business trip, and I started drinking I shouldn't have. I got wasted, and I had an affair with this guy, and I'm devastated. And I was like, oh, man. So I kind of um, took a breath, shot a quick Text prayer to God. God, give me the words to say. Help, help me here. And so the first thing I said is, "Well, I'm so sorry. You know, what you did is is devastating. But what I want you to know is, God put me here at this time because I believe God wants to speak truth into your marriage. Um, So take hope in that. And so I took out my phone. I called Michelle, a counselor that I've worked with for years to the church. She took the call and I gave it to this girl, and they set up an appointment for the next week for marriage counseling. And Uh, I talked to this lady and said, you know, you're going to need to confess this to your husband. You can't live with secrets. You've got to have integrity. Um, And she agreed to do so. When her husband got back in town from his trip, she would do it Saturday morning at 10 a.m. I made her put a time so she'd commit to it. Well, Saturday, oddly enough, uh, my daughter Mandy had dance, a weird rehearsal on the other side of town at 10 o'clock. And so I dropped Mandy off, and I was praying for um, this couple because it was 10 o'clock. And then I got through praying. I was like, well, I got time to kill. What do I do now, God? And the weirdest thing I felt like, like I just had this thought, go to Walmart. And I'm thinking that's either God or Satan because I hate Walmart. <laughs> you know, I I, 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 why go to, why I hate Walmart? I, I, here, I would rather go to a pet store and look at cats. <laughs> and I would go to Walmart. But I, I, I'm, I'm in constant communication with God. I've learned the discipline of talking to God all the time. And I learned that whenever I feel a prompting like that, I do it. So it's maybe 10, 30 or so. I walk into um, Walmart. I'm walking around. I'm doing a Walmart. What do you, what do you, what, what would anyone want in Walmart? And this guy looked up at me and gave me this you're my pastor, look. And he came up to me and threw his full weight on me uh, and, you know, I'm kind of, I don't know who he is, and he said, um, he said, you bumped into my wife in the St. Louis airport. And she just confessed to me what happened. I didn't know what to do, so I came to Walmart to think. <laughs> and all of a sudden, I'm realizing this is this is a very special moment, and I said to him, my heart breaks for you. I know, you're, you know this is the most devastating blow um, that you could experience, but here's what I want you to know. God had me in the airport there, and God sent me here today because I believe God wants you to know that what... Your spiritual enemy meant for evil, God's going to use for good. And if you work really hard, God will eventually give you the power to forgive. And I'm going to stick with you and get you the best help. And I believe you're going to have a marriage that's better than it was before because it's obvious that God wants to do something with this. And he cried and we prayed and we worked. And to this day, they have a better marriage than they did before. And that's what can happen when you just instantly obey what God puts on your heart. Now, doesn't mean every time you go into Walmart, you're going to, you know, lead the whole, you know, frozen food section to Christ, you know. But, but what it does mean is you can hear from God. And when you're talking to Him, and when you're in His Word, you can, guess what? You can keep in step with His Spirit. Why? Because you can have a day with God. Better is one day in His course Than a thousand elsewhere. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. I want to encourage you uh, to develop the habit of constant communication with God, instant obedience to God, and then finally, a daily desperation for God. A daily desperation for God. I want you to think about what the psalmist said earlier. I'll uh, I'll re-say it to you. The psalmist said, my soul yearns for you. Everybody listen. My soul yearns for you. My heart faints for the living God. I want to ask you this, those of you who are Christians. When's the last time you just kind of go on like this? God, my soul yearns for you. My heart faints for you. God, I need you. Most people look at you like, huh? It's weird. Why would you do that? That's, that's odd. But let me, let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. Because you don't have an appetite for God. Here's why. You develop an appetite for what you eat. And here's the deal. When we feed on the things of this world, the good life, we develop an appetite for the good life. When God has something indescribably better. If all you ever eat is medium well steak, all you're ever going to want is medium well steak, when there is Pittsburgh steak available for you, and it is way, way better. If all you do is seek what this world has, all you're going to desire is is what this world gives. But if you start to seek God, you're going to develop a daily desperation for Him. Scripture says, taste and see that the Lord is good. As you taste on Him, suddenly you become desperate for more of Him. In fact, this is what David said. I love this. Verse 1 through 3. David said, Oh God, You are my God. Earnestly I seek You. My soul thirsts for You. My body Longs for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. I have seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory. Because your love is what? He said, because your love is better than life. My lips will glorify you. When you are constantly in communication with God, when you're instantly obeying Him, when you're feeding on Him and enjoying Him, you realize that He is better. And you will never again settle for the good life because you want something better. His forgiveness, His grace, His power, His mercy, His presence, His sovereignty working in your life. You will not settle for something less. You want what is better because it is better. Better is one day. Better is one day. And and you won't just insult God by having Here's my spiritual time. Here's my quiet time. Here's a, No, 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 no. You live with Him. It's an ongoing, unending awareness of His presence. Because whatever you do, you do it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because everything spiritual. You don't compartmentalize your life. You're doing life with God. Intimate, ongoing, unending relationship. Aware of His presence. Why? Say it with me. Because better is one day in your course. A thousand elsewhere i'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tent let's pray god i'm so
0: thankful for that truth and that you give us and that you remind us that it's better to be with you than anything that we could desire on earth god the greatest things that come on this earth pale in comparison to being in your presence and in your courts god help us to develop that desperation for you help us as we start this new year to find that time to be in constant communication with you god we just pray that you would give us the strength and the power to have instant obedience to your word god we want those things in our lives we thank you that you offer to give those to us we pray these things in jesus name amen And hey, we're going to go into a time of worship through song we'd love for you to stand if you're able and sing with us